everybody. I hope we're all doing okay in these horrible times. My name's Eamon McAdam, and this is another episode of Politically Depressed. In today's episode, I'm going to talk a lot about silence. Silence not just as the absence of noise or sound, but something that I personally am very terrified of, and I've noticed, especially over the last three months, something that I'm running away from constantly. And yeah, I think other people are too. But there are also other ramifications, other thoughts. When I think about silence, I start to really come up with a lot of other things and conceptions of it that I don't think I've heard other people talk about in this way. So I'm going to be talking about that. But before I do, just a few updates for keen listeners of the podcast. I bought a record player. I said a couple episodes ago that I really wanted to because I brought back my record collection from Lebanon and I'm really excited to reconnect with that music because there are some records I have that have songs and performances that I can't find online. But there's also something special about sitting and listening to a full side of an album, which is completely different from just opening it up on Spotify or on YouTube and listening to you know individual songs with the ads and whatever. So the first album I listened to was the B-side of Abbey Road. I know, very normy, but it's a beautiful piece of music, especially the medley towards the end. And I really like it, and I haven't listened to it like that since since Beirut, really. So yeah, that's a nice update. Um, definitely relates to this whole thing that I said at the offset about silence, because listening to music... It's not just avoiding silence, though, because it's not like what I have been doing otherwise, which is I rewatched the entirety of The Office, the, the US version, for maybe the eighth time. And that is definitely a form of just avoiding silence, you know? I'm not actually watching, even though I have no idea how there are bits of it that still make me laugh. There is a comfort, you know? I like these characters, I like seeing them again. There are jokes where I know how it's going to happen, but it's it's like seeing an old friend in a long like after not having seen them in a long time. Anyway, I'll get onto that when I talk more about silence. Another update is that I had my last session with my therapist on Monday, and I it was a breakup session. I, I went in there and I told him that this is going to be the last session, and. Yeah, it went fine. I mean, it's not an actual breakup. There wasn't, he, he didn't try to win me back. But I did tell him everything that I've already said, that I said on this podcast. Except I didn't tell him that I have a podcast, because that would be weird. But otherwise, I did tell him, you know, that I did tell him that these sessions were once kind of helpful, but now are contributing to the problem of me feeling alienated and lonely because, you know, he's a white man that has no understanding of himself as a white man. And um, all the other issues. I was quite frank. I was quite happy with myself. I wasn't mean. I just was kind of forthcoming. I don't know. I just didn't feel comfortable with him in the end. And like, you know, he could be a Zionist. And I, I, I kind of felt like I would have to suss that out of him and be like, get him to say completely whatever but it would never be enough, and even still, it's a really weird way of formulating a relationship. Or, yeah. But so I'm done with that, and I'm actually quite relieved, but also now a bit burdened by the fact that I have to find a new therapist. But that time will come. For now, you're my therapists. That's really sad. 
Okay. So this topic is going to be a bit dark. I've noticed, I've I've thought a lot about this and the ways that I'm going to talk about this, but it's going to be about the, the genocide in Gaza. Everything is. I, I can't think of anything else. I don't know how anybody else can think of anything else. And whenever I'm thinking of something else, I'm not thinking about that, you know? And I notice that silence is scary and I'm avoiding it like the plague. Because when I'm silent, when there's no noise around me, when nothing's happening, when I'm not talking, I'm thinking. Images are popping in my head, videos, horrible, horrible things that we've all witnessed over the last 110 days of genocide, of just every other day, the worst thing we've ever seen is topped two days later. It just keeps getting worse and more absurdly cruel and insane drones with with assault rifles attached to them people being crushed to death by tanks surviving and the eyes the eyes i remember after the explosion in lebanon feeling weirdly comforted by people's eyes because i could see in everybody i talked to the same pain i'm experiencing the same confusion the same dissociation and uh, I understood those eyes and I've been thinking a lot about eyes since but I've never seen eyes like that and I don't think we have language to describe those eyes and what they say to us about the world about life and what life can bring and the misery Jesus fucking Christ I don't know. So one thing I've definitely noticed when I think more about silence is that I don't know if y'all are seeing, but there's less, there are just fewer images, fewer stories, fewer videos coming out of Gaza. And a big reason why that is, is because there's a very intentional, violent desire by the Israelis to create the silence. They do so by killing journalists. They have killed 110 journalists so far in three months, which is unbelievably unprecedented, but also with the mass killings and mass displacements, and more specifically with a siege, which has blocked electricity, internet, and has essentially created a blackout over the last eight days. So there is an enforced silence, and the fact that we're not seeing footage isn't saying that there's not much going on, but rather that we don't know and we may never know what is going on right now in Gaza. We can tell from what was happening a few days ago, from the small bits that we are hearing, but actually what's happening, we don't know. And that is super fucking terrifying because the things we do know are horrible and so imagining and trying to hold space for the things that we don't know are happening, and we are sure is happening, but we don't know exactly what. And so how do you hold space for the pain, for the miseries that we can't see or hear about? On top of the things that we do know about, and I have no idea, and it generally is keeping me up at night. I sit there and I'm trying to sleep. And of course, I'm listening to something, I'm watching something, not The Office, but something else. 
just anything simpsons fucking a podcast that i've heard a thousand times but the few moments that i do catch myself thinking i i'm almost jolted by this realization like holy fuck it is still happening and there's not a goddamn thing that i can do about it i have my actions there are some things happening here and there that i can participate in but ultimately there is so much grief about the fact that we are impotent to stop something that is so close to home. Here I'm speaking as a Lebanese, but all my Arab friends are feeling the same way, and especially people who are in Lebanon. Like, Although I've heard something interesting, which I don't know how to deal with or how to compartmentalize, which is a lot of my friends back home in Beirut are saying you know, that they have a fortune to be in Lebanon at this time, like, there's a weird, obviously people are terrified and really worried that the war is going to expand, and obviously there's already people who are incredibly affected by, de facto, a war in Lebanon, you know, an Israeli aggression in the south. But there's also this feeling of camaraderie, of a joint kind of collective feeling that, especially those that have lived outside, know that they would feel much more intensely were they not in the country. And I know that's what I'm experiencing, which is I'm alone essentially here and I can talk to people back home, but I can't know what they're feeling and I feel super alienated by that fact. And I go around and I, I don't really live my life here. I can't really live a life. Most people I interact with, I just know are you know closeted Zionists or are Zionists or are just detached white people who are living their lives as though nothing's happening, as though they have no political agency or no political responsibility or no even obligations to the rest of the world. They're just living in a kind of manufactured reality that ultimately will someday crumble, you know? Like, there's this kind of feeling where everybody assumes that what's happening, that politics, that war, that oppression, that violence, that misery, is something that happens on the other end of the phone, you know? That you see it, but you'll never experience it. But that world is becoming smaller and smaller, right? And eventually just will never exist. And I, I don't know, the white people are, will be the last to be aware of this fact. <sighs> Part of this podcast is me avoiding silence, if I'm honest with myself, because the more I talk, the more I feel like I'm doing something, that I'm processing things, that progress is being made in some shape or form. But ultimately, I know that I am going to have to accept the silence. My mother taught me this a very long time ago. She's tried to get me to do meditation many, many years ago. And she really holds this and kind of practices this, although sometimes hypocritically, because in our household growing up, the TV was always on. Like, even if my mother's doing something, even if she's on her laptop playing some game, if my brother's playing a game, we're all in the living room, the TV's just on. No one's watching. You know, my brother would be playing a game like Dota, which is like super intensive and you have to pay attention like 110% of your focus, but the TV's on. And I've picked up that habit. It's like overstimulation as a form of comfort, which is very 21st century. But there is just so much feelings of wanting to avoid silence. And there's obviously this 
contradiction and these paradoxes. Like, I can't totally avoid silence in the same way that I can't avoid death. It's an inevitability. And the only way to really come to terms with it is to accept it and to sort of just, yeah, accept it for what it is. But here, silence, again, is not just sitting still. Things are still happening in my mind. I am still seeing things. It's actually quite loud in a way. But there's something else that I think about with silence, which is related to Ghazza. And it's a particularly painful thing for, you know, a lot of us, which is if you watch some of these videos, any video really that's ever that's been broadcast from Gaza, there's a very distinct noise of a drone humming in the background. And that drone drove me fucking mad when I was in Beirut. It wouldn't be there all the time. It wasn't Gaza. I'm not trying to draw like a strict comparison. What's happening there and what's always happened there is just incomparable. But I know that sound. I've heard it before. And and for me, at a certain time, I had to, like, delude myself into, you know, I was trying to, I'd be trying to sleep and I can hear the buzzing. And I would delude myself. No, 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 that's just an AC unit, you know? And I'd accept my own lie. This was a period in my life where, for the very first time, I was almost anti-rational. I was against the rational thinking I would accept a certain necessary delusions, you know, if I wanted to sleep, I would have to accept this kind of, this kind of what I called Schrodinger's drone or like Schrodinger's jet fighter plane, because within the ambiguity of, is it a plane, is it a commercial plane or is it an Israeli war plane? I could sleep. But if I checked this app that I would like, well, I was obsessed with, this flight tracker app, and it would confirm, yes, there is a fighter jet flying over in low altitude over Beirut. I couldn't sleep because it's confirmed and it would freak me out until it kind of go away. Anyway, what I'm getting at is I read something horrifying, which is that apparently when people leave Gaza, they still can't sleep. And what happens is that they experience a certain silence, which is the lack of this drone. And this drone, again, and there are many types of drones, some of the functions of this drone is psychological warfare. It is just to keep people up at night and then to just damage them psychologically long term. So apparently when people leave, they can't sleep because there's it's, it's so loud, the absence of this drone. The silence is that loud. And that really just fucks with me thinking about so many of these things. It, I, I don't feel like, I don't know if I'm saying anything interesting because I'm just saying things and then saying that totally fucks with me because I don't know what other reaction. Like, I don't want to analyze any of these things. It feels gross just to, it, it would feel gross to like try to actually sit down and codify or analyze them. It also kind of reminds me of a story I have an uncle who told me about silence, that during the war, there was a thing a lot of people would say, which is that if you heard an explosion, then you're one of the lucky ones, which to me, it's just one of those things that I get so upset that we live in a world where there are certain conditions that create that type of knowledge, you know, that create that type of wisdom. It just upsets me so much. But another thing is that same uncle, same story, that if he would hear 
a gun battle happening, you know, a few blocks over, he would be relieved because the fighting was over there and not in his on his street. And so the inverse was more terrifying, not hearing anything, because at any moment the gunfire could start, the shooting, the RPGs, the whatever, and it could be on his street. So there's that fear of the silence as well. And I yeah, I think about that sometimes. How sometimes it's better. I kind of had this thing when I was back in Lebanon where if there was some fighting in the south between Israel and Hezbollah, I would weirdly feel good about it as opposed to the silence. Because there's this phrase in Arabic, you know, what are they cooking up? Something's being stirred up in the silence. It's a common phrase, actually, where it's like better if they're talking and threatening us. Because if they're not saying anything, then it's terrifying because they're planning something. And so in a weird paradoxical way, I am at once fucking mortified whenever an Israeli official or politician or journalist comes up and says, we will destroy Beirut. We will do to Beirut what we've done to Gaza. There is a paradoxical feeling there. I'm at once terrified because obviously a nuclear armed superpower backed by the world's foremost military power, the U.S., is threatening my home city. But at the same time, if they're just saying it, maybe they think saying it has the effect that they'd want, as in literally terrorism, you know, to terrorize the entire population of Lebanon into submission. So it's, it's, it's paradoxical. I'm at once terrified by it, but almost comforted by the fact that they're saying it and not just like planning and quiet. They could be doing both. We have no idea. But that's the kind of liminal space that Lebanon specifically finds itself in, or rather specifically Beirut, <clears throat> or specifically Beirut. But I don't know. Vienna is also just way too fucking quiet. I can't stand it. It's too quiet. There's nothing. I'm almost, I'm I'm recording this kind of late at night, and I'm almost afraid like a neighbor is going to come knock on my door just because I'm talking. But yeah, I'm always curious about other people, and I don't know how all of you are dealing with silence, which I know that obviously silence is just an, a matter of fact, you know, an experience that we don't even think about. But especially in terms of these... People call them invasive thoughts. I know that's a different thing, but functionally that's kind of what it's like, or rather it's a good framing, being silent, and then these things pop in your head and we're constantly trying to avoid them and escape them by what people call doom scrolling or by watching things or constantly talking. I don't know. I'm pretty convinced everyone, at least around our age group, sorry, my age group, has a show has a thing, you know, has some game show where they just watch over and over again, or has some show from the 90s. Am I wrong? I don't think I'm wrong. But otherwise, I would love to hear more from everyone. Again, as I said in the last episode, the responses I've been getting to this podcast have been so nourishing. And honestly, like, I don't think I could keep this up if I wasn't getting some of these responses. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I should message him and like, no, but that would be weird. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. Send it. I would love it. It would be honestly, 
I'm really alone in a lot of these things. And it's always nice to hear from other people who are experiencing them. So if you're dealing with any of these things, or if anything I've said in this episode resonates with you in a special way, and you'd like to reach out and talk about it, you can always do so on my Twitter, or I think my email is kind of a thing, or I think you can send something on Spotify for listening to this on Spotify. Regardless, this has been another episode of Politically Depressed. As always, I'm your host, Eamon McAdam. If you want to support this podcast, one thing you can do that's honestly really super helpful is leaving a review or a five-star rating on whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast. It really goes a long way to like bolstering this podcast on the algorithm. And if you really like this podcast, then head over to patreon.com slash firethesetimes. Fire These Times is a media ecosystem from the periphery that's supporting this podcast alongside a bunch of other new podcasts and media projects, including my weekly Palestine watch party, which happens every Sunday. Again, if you're interested, reach out. But yeah, other than that, I think that's everything. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye.